down here this morning because um, in the third week of Advent, we get this Sunday called the Sunday of Joy. Um, and it's like you hear this rejoice, rejoice throughout the lesson. Um, and we even have a rose candle for the day. Now, um, in some churches, uh, the clergy the even wear rose-colored vestments. Um, I'm not sure that we can take um, uh, chastity. It might just be a little too much. You know, I don't have to and whatever. Maybe it'll just be a little too much big for you. I don't know. Um, but anyway, it's a Sunday joy. If you have your bulletin, when you look at the New Testament lesson with me, um, this little, little passage from St. Paul's letter to the clergy. And while you're turning there, I'll tell you a story that was a true story. I have a, a, a fellow 20 years old. Um, he was a Lance Corporal of the United States Marine Corps in November of 1995. Well, before the, um, the aircraft carrier, the USS America. And Lance Captain Mayo was out on the deck and he's walking past the door that suddenly blew open. Whether somebody opened it or just flew it on its own, no one really knows. But it hit him so hard that it catapulted him off of the deck of the aircraft carrier into the water. And the ship continued to go. No one saw him go in. No one knows how it happened. But the ship just continued on to go on. And so, I mean, you can't scream. You're, you know, you're 10 stories down or whatever. So where did it die falling into the water? But there he is in the Indian Ocean. Um, left to sea. The ship goes on until he's out there. They didn't even know he was missing until the next morning when they did roll call and discovered that he wasn't on board the ship. And so they sent out uh, helicopters to, to retrace the path of the ship they traveled, but they couldn't find it. They so long in, in, you know, in that sea. Well, Lance Captain, or Corporal uh, Mayo did what this training wanted to do. He, he took his trousers off, he tied the legs together, and then he pulled them over top of his head and made like, a, like an air pocket in the trouser, and then pulled tight and it was a flotation device. And about every four or five minutes, he had to redo it. Make another air bubble with the trouser and pull it down. And he did this for 36 hours. In the middle of the ocean, there's nobody coming along. The ship is not coming back. His parents were notified. He was only 20 years old. His parents were notified as soon as they recognized that he was missing. And they went back to the Marines two days later to say, We call the search. We don't, we can't find him. He's found by a, a Pakistani fishing boat. Comes along, and there he is, still making his air bubble, still uh, you know, holding it down, still floating in the water. And nobody speaks English. He doesn't care. They get him in there. They take him back to the mainland. He eventually finds his way to um, somebody who speaks English. And the first thing he does is he calls home. He knows by now mom and dad have heard the news. So he calls home and he says, hey, how are you doing? And his dad said, where are you? And uh, how old are you alive? You know? and, and so he tells him the story. He makes I tell you that story because when St. Paul writes this letter, he's in a Roman prison. He's in a Roman prison, and he's facing almost a certain execution. He's going to go before Nero as the emperor. And um, you know, this is not a, this is not a happy day. He knows what awaits him. 
that his, his fate is always sealed. <laughs> so if you read kind of really closely at this letter, you can see that he's made friends with guards. <laughs> he's made friends with his, his guards who keep him, uh, you know, under under watch. Um, even sends greetings to the church from these guards, as if to say, "Look, you don't know what the Lord's doing, even in the midst of this prison." But here's what he says at the end. Did you hear it? Um, in chapter four, this is the kind of closing of the letter. He says, "Rejoice in the Lord." Always. I don't know what it was like for a wet purple male out in the middle of the ocean where St. Paul and Roman prison had never been in either one of those circumstances. But I kind of try to imagine what it would be like. And I'm a bit of a whiner, you know. <laughs> I, would be, I would be screaming when they wanted to tell me that they were dead out in the middle of the ocean. I have no voice of because I would have been screaming all the time. If I was in a Roman prison, I'd be weeping. I wouldn't be writing letters to rejoice. At least I don't think I would. But maybe I would. Because here's what Paul says. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Now, I guess I'm trying to think about this. Is It's not just happiness. It's not saying be happy. You can no longer be happy that you cannot be afraid. You know, if you're afraid of dogs and a dog is coming at you and you're yourself, that says reaction. Paul is not saying be happy. He's saying rejoice. Take delight in. Look for reasons to be joyful. And he writes in another letter to the Thessalonians, and he says, you are our crown and our joy. Uh, Jesus, in, in, uh, in Matthew 25, in the parable of the talents, um, you remember 1 gets 5, 1 gets 3, 1 gets 1, the one who the, the two that had, had done well with their, they invested in Bay, Bay Board and brought back this reward uh, for this earnings. Jesus says, you enter into the joy of your master. The delight. The sense of, uh, of uh, uh, not just happiness, but of joy. Of finding goodness in something. St. Paul says to the Philippians, look for ways to find delight. Find joy. Look for that in life. And do it all the time. He like says it as an imperative. This is a command. This is the way a parent says to the child, clean your room. It's not a discussion. No, it's not a debate. This is a command. Rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. Now look at what he said. There's a, there's a second uh, admonition here in verse uh, 5. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. I don't like reasonable. I mean, it's a fair translation of the word. Most times it's translated gentleness. It's sort of the, uh, the opposite of quarrelsome. Uh, often Paul writes, he says, uh, be gentle, not quarrelsome. Uh, don't be violent. Be gentle. Be, be reasonable. It's, it's a level of tolerance and, and understanding of looking at the world and the people around you and, and embracing them. Sometimes it's their weirdness. In fact, it's usually their weirdness. You know when you go to a family gathering, Christmas and Thanksgiving, and you see that weird family member, and you're like, huh. And if you don't, it's because they're looking at you, thinking, you know, you're a family member, you're like, But there are. There are weird family members. There are weird uncle Joe. You know, it's our people. To be gentle and tolerant. Understanding. No, we're not all cut out of the same mold. 
This is what Paul said. Rejoice, be gentle. He goes on. Um, verse, uh, verse 6. Do not be anxious about anything. Rejoice always. Be gentle to everyone. Be anxious never. You say, wait a minute. I have a master's degree in anxiety. I'm really good at that. I you know, I worry about what I'm not worried about. Do you ever get there? Do you ever think you're something that you have to go to the evening or the What should you worry about? Because I don't, you know, I have to find something out there. No. Don't do that. Don't, don't look for things to be anxious about. Look rather, look at the text. But in everything. Again, this, this is this emphatic. Never, always, never, nothing. But everything, in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Prayer, supplication, asking, having Eucharisto, Eucharist with thanksgiving, that your request be made unto God. Do this. Live like this. Find places for joy. Be joyful. Choose not to be to be grumpy and sour, but be joyful. Be gentle. Be tolerant. Stop being anxious. Pray more often. And what will happen? Here it is. The big payoff. And the peace of God perception, which surpasses all understanding. You can't get your head around this. Well, guard your heart's mind. Guard is like, it's a military term. You know, the, the peace of God will guard your heart's mind. Um, went to visit um, a, 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 a widow this week and talked to her and there was something she needed, and I brought that the next day. And um, and when I came in, she says, you know, the strangest thing happened. She's been uh, really sad and lost her husband. And she said, I, you know, I was sitting here in my chair yesterday, and suddenly I just had this sense, right here, I had a sense of peace that just came over me. And I don't know where it came from. I don't, I don't know what, what it means. And I said, I think it means that the Holy Spirit is with you, that the Lord is here. You can't keep your head around. Live like this, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So, you're lost at sea. Whether it's a little sea or a metaphorical, you have two choices whilst you're out there. You can panic, <laughs> you can panic, or you can rely on your training. You can be frightful, you can rely on your training. You can choose to find the light in this world. You can be sad. You can choose to be gentle, or you can let wrath go other parts. You can trust God and find peace, or you can be anxious about it. These are the choices. We're floating. We're all out. That's the way it is. We can give others an example of what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ in the way that we live, but we can make a wish that they could find some other religion. Um, was it Gandhi who said, I had seriously considered becoming a Christian, except for the fact that I could never see one who actually lived like Jesus. Now maybe that's a little harsh, a little too much, but it's a reminder to us that we are reflectors of God's life in the world. Paul was in prison. That man was lost at sea, and I don't want to give up. 
we too have a choice. We can be joyful, we can be kind, we can be tolerant, we can be harsh and cruel and nasty. How do you know? You know the Father and the Son, the Holy Spirit.